Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. This is Real Talk, Real Fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. Things getting a little bit uh, late here into the week. Normally, we release things on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but just different things with schedules and things like that. Sometimes we have to rearrange, so the episode's coming out a little bit later in the week. But uh, before we dive into Michigan football talk, well, actually still Michigan football related, something that I was going to bring up, and I guess this is a little free shout out kind of or whatever, but I just wanted to do a little bit of a shout out to Mo Sports Shops because I was telling Craig before I got uh, into one of their drawings and everything and I actually got a gift card for some of their stuff and actually just came today and so I got some of their awesome apparel there at the most sports shops really awesome stuff and so really kind of excited left a little bit of money on the gift card because I'm gonna have to find out is that what you tweeted yeah that's why I tweeted that's nice if if you saw that yeah yeah that was those were the two shirts I got one I'm really excited about because I thought was real cool is the Charles Woodson one oh yeah but then uh, I, those were the two I got, and I got a little like uh, trinket thing, uh, what like Charles Woodson Lego figurine. Oh, so that was kind of interesting. But then of course I got some stuff for my wife, so we got a decent amount of stuff. But I left a little bit on the card because, I, and I got to communicate with them and see because I, I'm trying to hold on to and save a little bit so that when Nike stuff comes through. Yeah. Yeah, so that I'll have a little extra money so that I can right away actually buy something. So Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're both, you and I actually are in agreement on it. Don't we think that uh, Charles Woodson is the greatest Michigan football player of all time? He is up there, and that would actually be a really good topic conversation yeah. for an episode. Who, who, who the fans would say is the greatest Michigan football player? I yeah, I, saying it right now, <laughs> I could totally agree. But I know there's an argument. There are arguments for other people. But yeah, we're we're definitely both on there with that one. But kind of actually on that topic, before progressing, I guess uh, it was today. I'm losing track of this. This week has been insane for me. I don't know why. I just uh, the days have been kind of meshing together. But the fi- the deal got finalized today, wasn't it? Or was it? No, it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Wait, no. Think yeah, yesterday. Today, yep. Anyways, sometime today or yesterday, the Nike deal was officially finalized for Michigan, and it was actually a little bit higher than people expected. I mean, when you're talking about that much money, millions of dollars, it's not. I think collectively, uh, the whole millions of fan base, Michigan fan base, in one uproar, they said, "Yippee to that." <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody I th- was excited after all those Adidas failed uh, uniforms and failed looks. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I know yeah. some diehard Adidas fans out there, but sorry, man. Nike just does a better job. Yeah, there was only one that I would say that I was happy with, and that was the throwbacks. But they had something to reference for that. When they got outside of that, I was personally I was quite disappointed with everything. Yeah. So this might be one of the only things that, well, actually, no, I'm sure that there's somebody that's probably not, but I was going to say this might be one of the only moments that almost the entire Michigan fan base is in agreement of support. <laughs> they really are. Very few. I think some almost said the same thing as you did. They said, yeah, there's a couple that I kind of like that Adidas did, but 
you know, in general, no, nothing. I, I didn't like any of the uniforms. I didn't like any of the you know, things I'd see. Uniforms on the shelf, I never liked any of those, the way they looked. You know, we'll uh, see if a Nike can do better, and I'm sure they will. They usually do. The only the only thing that may have been better with Adidas is that maybe it, it, the price point was cheaper. That's, That's probably the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to fork up more money, folks, fans. Come on. You got it. You have to. I know I have to fork it over, but it's worth it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be okay with that. I'll, I'll enjoy it a lot more with uh, Nike on there and the Jumpman. So as we're going to be going into our episode we're going to do a little bit of a look back and just kind of discuss some general things going on with Michigan football. So kind of going to review now because uh, last episode, as it seems like probably everybody who's listened to our podcast has probably checked in on because it got a ton of hits. Uh, the Jamark Woods interview episode, our first interview, great interview. Um, before kind of diving into talking about it and uh, discussing um, our conversation with him, I just wanted to share that it was our fastest episode to 100 hits. On the board right now, it is the second most listened episode that we've ever had. So, I mean, it is just like shattering the record books for us for our episodes so that's really awesome to see really great to see uh people interested in learning more about uh jamark woods uh the player the michigan commit and we're excited to say that we're hoping for more interviews to be coming so if you particularly liked that one look for more in the future but craig was the main person doing the interview he is kind of the recruiter uh, ex- or the recruit expert between the both of us. Uh, my information is limited. He's been uh, covering things like that for a long time. So he did the interview, and actually I'm going to let him go ahead and get started on his thoughts of the interview a little bit, and then we'll talk about other things going on with Michigan football this week. Yeah, I, um, what a great kid. Um, actually, I think since that was our first interview, I think he was more laid back and we were more nervous than he was. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, man, that guy, he's very calm, cool, and collected. And we were kind of nervous because, yeah, it was our first interview, but I think it went very well for us. Like you said, the fan base of ours really listened to it and listened to it a couple of times over and over again, which was great. I thought that was great. Um, and then they passed it on to others and networked it. And so we got a lot of people listening to that. Um, it was a great interview. Hopefully we'll have him back on. Um, as far he's just an upstanding kid, that kid, he knows what he wants. He's going to be a leader. Uh, he's got that leadership quality. He's got that. Um, I love about him. The best is the very fact is he need, knows He's got to compete for that position. I love the fact that he knows oh, yeah. it's not open. Like he's going to get, I don't think Harbaugh said, hey, look, you're going to be, I'm not going to woo you into Michigan by saying, look, you're going to get playing time. He's saying, no, everybody's, and I love that about him because he wants to get better. And you want, that's the kind of Michigan player you want. You want a player that's going to get better and not uh, guaranteed a position or, you know, needs to earn it. That's the kind of Michigan players we want here. We don't want people coming here that just privileged and think they're going to get it. They have to work at it. And Jamarik knows that. And that's what makes him head above everybody else as going to be a fantastic player. Yeah. Well, actually, um, 
interestingly enough that you brought that up about making sure that the player is working everything and i want to say i know that brought this up but i've discussed this before i can't remember if it's actually been recorded on the podcast but i felt for years that was the problem with michigan football specifically with the brady hoke yeah era maybe even before that um I don't know if I, you really saw it during the Rich Rod time, but that sense of entitlement. Uh, like, you just felt like the players were going out there thinking that they deserved to win without even putting in the work. Yeah. So that is definitely something that has been awesome to see under Harbaugh, but you're not even seeing it now just under him. You're seeing it, players prepare for it before even getting to Michigan. And that's what we saw with Jamar. Jamar talked about it, and uh, like you said, it's just great to see that. And uh, you always kind of wonder about that with players and, um, you know, their honesty with themselves of, you know, I mean, they are great. I mean, they are doing great things in high school, and you can kind of just get – a player could easily get into that groove if it's just like I'm just doing so well. There's, I don't really have to worry about anything else right now, but he is one who's looking at continually bettering himself and bettering his game. So that was awesome to hear. He, and he was just great to talk to. And you, you saying the exact same thing. I mean, I think it was more of a, a nerves on our end with everything because uh, just it was it was unique getting everybody in uh, the conference call together and then uh, keeping the conversation flowing and everything. I I was kind of sitting back and enjoying it and wanting to participate, but also I didn't, uh, with having three people in conversation, it's interesting when you're not sitting in the same place because you don't want to uh, talk over somebody, which actually went, uh, all in all, I think everything went really smoothly because everybody was able to be heard and everything. But, yeah, he uh, really well-spoken. Like we said last time, and I'll talk about the highlights and everything, he just really athletic, really awesome to see a player like him come in for the defense. So. Uh, I'm thrilled. Yeah, he's extremely, I mean, he knows this. He's extremely talented. He's had some big-time schools, if I, you didn't hear it, was recruiting him, obviously, Virginia Tech, uh, Florida. Um, some of the big names, uh, I think Mississippi State, those those teams are all known for their defense, uh, and especially Virginia Tech and Florida. Obviously, Florida, after this season, they had one of the best defenses in the country. And they're going after him, and us to get him is a big deal. And I think he knows that, but I think the very fact is him saying, "Hey, you know what? I got to work hard for this, and my my position isn't safe." And just shows you how extremely mature this kid is for his age. I mean, me at his age? Are you kidding me? I, I'm not, I was I was doing <laughs> stupid stuff, man. I mean, I listened to him, and I'm like, he, he, he knows what he wants. He he's going to come to Michigan. He's going to get that degree, and he's going to play play well. I think he's going to play. He's I, he might said he might play in the beginning. We'll never know. It's like like Carball said, you're going to he's going to compete, but he he is he's an intelligent kid, and he knows what he wants, and very mature. And and I wasn't. And it's pretty fun. It's great. It's cool to hear. So, Man, I I didn't even really... I mean, I've always kind of thought, you know, especially as I was growing, I was like, wow, these kids the same age as me are doing these things. Um, But, yeah, to think now, it's just like what I was like when I was 17 (laughs) in high school. 
I yeah. mean, it's crazy because I know I was doing. I was probably. I knew I was probably drinking beer, looking for girls, and I was doing hanging out with the wrong crowd, the wrong friends, and. Not any any listener should do that. It's just, you know, I was stupid. I wasn't very mature. And I listened to these guys and I'm like, man, they know they're going to Michigan, man. They know what they're going to do. And they're like, what, 18? That's crazy. 17, 18? Man, it's amazing. Anyone under the age of 21, don't listen to what Craig just said. Don't. Um, But yeah, no. Yeah. Gosh, in high school, I'm just cracking up right now because I'm thinking all I did back then other than playing basketball was playing video games. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like there was no concept, no thought process of future whatsoever. It was just basketball and video games. Oh my word. Yeah. Man. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. It's like, it's all we did. I mean, it's just, we didn't do very much. We hung out outside or whatever, but I think the more we hung out outside, the more in tr- trouble we got. But, um, uh, it, these recruits are really smart. And they know what they're doing, so and that's good to see. And I and the thing is, is for Jim Harbaugh to accept their uh, degree and they want him to play here, just shows you that Harbaugh looks seems highly of that recruit too, and says, "Look, only the best are going to come to Michigan. Only I call it the only the mentally talented in a way, if you want to call it that, mentally talented players are going to come to Michigan. Not they got the talent already, but the mentally talented." players are going to come to Michigan. I love that. We're just going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a thing too that if recruits don't think about that they should because you will have those certain coaches that will recruit players and they there is a certain level of understanding that if you're a certain caliber player the staff is going to cater to yeah. you. Like they are so in, in interested, invested, and want to make sure that you uh, do what they want to, blah, 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 whatever, kind of like that, that they will cater to you. But Harbaugh appears to have set up the situation where if uh, anyone from the beginning can tell that it's just like no one gets catered to, you have to work, work it out. And so he is, specifically finding those players that he knows are able to succeed in that kind of environment. So even before, because there's a lot of unknown factors when a coach is recruiting a player, um, but he probably more so than most goes above and beyond that on real and looking for that potential for a player that has the ability to succeed against you know, he's going to throw all adversity against them because he wants right. them to break through that barrier and become better on the other side. So this is what he's already thinking of these players that they're uh, giving offers to and everything. And so that, uh, I mean, if if recruits haven't thought about that, I think they really should because that is something really awesome and something really special to have from a staff like yeah, and it sounds like from Jamaricus, he just said that uh, Harbaugh's a real deal. I mean, what you're seeing and what you're seeing in Twitter and reading about him and him, you know, kind of doing his funny little uh, climbing a tree and and doing all kind of sleepover. It's he, it's just him being a real deal. I don't think there's anything fake about him. I mean, like I told him, you know, Harbaugh's very eccentric, and I think Jamaric knew that. 
but I think that's appealing to guys and uh, and the recruits that are coming in as they think, you know what, this guy's going to get the best out of me, and Harbaugh's going to make those three star guys, which Jamaric is a three star, but my word, I already see him as going to be a four star soon. Um, just by the way Harbaugh is going to get him in there and work with him, and he's going to be really, really good player. Just by size. I mean, he's at, what, 6'3", 6'2", 6'3". And like I told him in the interview, I said, I'm a guy that, you know, I don't know if you're a little bit different than me, but I, I'm not a big fan. of. I don't mind a little bit of speed, but I like size when it comes to my secondary players. I like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guys. And, um, and I know... Uh, Who's the corner for um, Seattle Seahawks? Um, Sherman. Sherman obviously went to Stanford yeah. too. He went in as actually receiver, but start and then Jim Harbaugh put him as a secondary guy, and he's about six three. And look at him; he's like one of the best in the country. So, and that's how I see Woods as that kind of guy. Like he reminds me of Sherman a lot, like that size, speed, a combination. Yeah, uh, great stuff and great ability and great potential. So, I mean, it's. It's gonna be really cool to see. I mean, it's it's this is something new and different. And I mean, I know, like I mentioned, it might be kind of different for you because you've been on top of recruiting for years better than I have. But it's gonna be really awesome now. And it's it seems so so far away now. I mean, uh, this fall seems far away. But then just to think that Jamarik is going to be with the team in a little bit over a year. I mean, he's he's enrolling early, yep. like he mentioned. But as far as like seeing him do things with the team uh we'll see him at we should see him at the next spring game yep yeah so it'll be a year and everything um before actually seeing much with him with michigan football but it's it's cool i mean it's for me it's a little crazy thinking that far ahead just just for me because i'm i like i said i've i'm more of the in the moment kind of person so it's just like great we got this awesome class and everything so now this is the season coming up so now we're working i mean working forward i'm listening to you kayla and i'm laughing because it's true because i sit there and go i'm trying to be patient with all this and i have a hard time being patient because i want these players start now and be good now and they can you imagine what they're going through they got to sit a year a year and a half sometimes to play in you know red shirt sometimes and they're like man i'm gonna this is gonna take forever yeah probably yeah. Can you imagine there and excitement and going man i can't play yet and they they have such smart a good head on their shoulders that they are actually content with that and i and i'm not <laughs> i'm like, get yeah. out there let's get the best let's go and it's gotta be patient. yeah i so, will yeah, I mean, just talking about that, too. I mean, it, I didn't even think about that from their perspective because what you're saying, too, is just like here they are making decisions right now. They still have their senior year. Then, like you said, there a lot of them, some of them are definitely going to be redshirted. So they're from now, they've made this, some of them have made this decision. They will have at least a year, if not two years, before they're really doing anything with the team on yeah. the field on wow. game day. So that's just, that's insane. I have never, I've never done anything with thinking two years in advance. Two years waiting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even thinking about college, I switched college, made so many different college decisions so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like. Yeah. That is beyond me. (laughs) It's like your wife saying, look, you got to wait two years to marry me. 
because I want to make sure you're the right answer. What? Two years? I got to wait? <laughs> it's like, no, I want to yeah. marry you now. No, <laughs> I want to marry you in six months. Nope, you got to wait two years. No, that stinks. Nah, it's the patience is funny. But you know what? During the interview, is there was one question I asked about him, and it's very um, to the point, and I wanted to make a point more uh, to get what his view was on it and his answer because I wanted the fans to know what my thought was on the whole recruiting process of the very fact is I asked him if he was enrolling early and you brought that up is because I think the reason I said that is you get a lot of guys that re- get recruited and commit uh, early but they don't enroll early and there's a difference sometimes those guys who commit early a lot of times will back off that commit and then notice that they're getting a lot of uh, other colleges looking at them when it was slow at first and then it starts building. Then they start backing off that commit and say, hey, you know, I want to take another look at all these other colleges. And Jamarik, that's why I asked him, are you enrolling early? He said yes, and that made me reassure me to go, wow, he's the guy's about <laughs> he's he's coming to Michigan. And that's why I mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, and just to clarify, and I I know with you saying this, it's just like saying that if a student doesn't enroll early, it does not mean that they will not no, commit. No, and also, and that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, with that. and and also with that to mention um, that I've seen before a lot more this year. I mean, I know it happens all the time, but it's just like even if a player commits verbally and still goes out to other schools, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily really interested in those other schools this is a unique experience for these students for these uh, student athletes and so they they want to enjoy it so i mean if they go to another school that'll happen sometimes it doesn't mean that they've lost interest in where they've committed now you always get those touchy times where say someone's committed to michigan and then they take a trip to ohio state or something (laughs) like that or michigan state um but that's that's more few and far between. You'll get a lot where they'll be committed to, say, Michigan, and then they'll go other places like whatever, maybe Indiana or something or whatnot. But, yeah. So just some clarification. If you don't know a lot about the recruiting process, that's something I know I've learned. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure for people uh, new with the situation that they have that understanding. Yeah, and that's so. the cast is all about uh, – Whatever the athlete feels best for them, we're all for. I mean, if they feel that Michigan's not this college for them and later on, I'm, then we're for that. That's you know, it's this is it's their life, and I think some of the people that bash on, on Twitter that bash them is absolutely out of their mind if they think that they give a hoot about what you think. Um, this is about their lives and not yours. So. If they feel a better college, you know, like um, who's the tight end that committed to Georgia? Um, the real high end one. Um, is that uh, Nada? Yeah, it's Nada. But yeah, obviously the five star, four and a half, you know, high four star, well, the number one tight end in the country decided to go to Georgia. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I thought, you know what? He wanted to be closer to home. And and I can understand that, and that's pretty cool for him, and I'm fine with that. So, you know, it is what it is. It would have been great for him to be at Michigan, but he didn't. And you know, we move on, and we'll find that guy we want that wants to be. So, yeah. Well, it's really awesome to see how things are progressing, and I don't know how many people are listening now 
that have been um, listening to us kind of from the beginning. But um, the original idea behind the podcast was Craig and I talk football, Michigan football all the time. So it's just like we'll basically record our conversation and just share it. But then it developed into more of a hub that we wanted to create for Michigan fan interaction. We want to provide good content and get people involved. Um, And so we have email, Twitter, everything. You guys can contact us. We have our website, um, and we'll share all that information. But it seems like specifically, especially recently, that has even gone a step further because um, not only do we want to provide good content and provide a cool, unique uh, opportunity for fans to interact and everything, but just kind of seeing it, and I know that there are groups out there and everything um, that work with this and all, but we also want to take a special interest in the student athlete. Mm-hmm. We've we've talked about that. We've talked about it with a couple people that we associate with and everything, and just that is another thing that we kind of want to highlight on a focus with this sports cast of just you know interest in the betterment for the student athlete. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly how much we'll do other than maybe educate and share information, but that's something that uh, I know we've talked about, and so we'll probably be talking about from now moving forward. Um, so just kind of wanted to mention that there. And did you have more that you wanted to say about the interview? Or No, I, I just, you know, obviously if you guys, um, the fans, go uh, look up Woods and, you know, maybe take a look at his tape on youtube or um find a video of him playing and you'll see how the very fact that he does a very good job with zone coverage um he's constantly looking at the quarterback's eyes and i like that he's and the guy is i'd say he balls out at 110 percent all the time it doesn't look like it anything that he takes plays off which i like um and he's got that size and speed and um and I think it's deceiving, you know, like you're talking about that one play, that pass where the quarterback thought he's going to toss it over him and his leap, he, you know, was wrong. So uh, go check it out, uh, the fans of ours, and, and and give them maybe give them a little shout out and say, hey, I saw your uh, tape and really impressed by you. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to be able to give uh, positive feedback for the players and the recruits and everything and actually kind of just saying that what I think would be cool if I have time to do what would be nice is um, maybe develop a little information post to go on the website about uh, Jamarik since he was somebody we interviewed yeah. like just kind of so that when people see the stuff we'll have a little link there or something uh so that people can see you know where he goes to school his position just some general information and then maybe a link to a highlight yeah. video or something yeah. just to make it a little bit easier for it's the a good idea viewers yep. so we'll look into that but um but kind of uh to do a little intermission between talking about reviewing the episode and everything and more talk about Michigan football. I do want to go ahead and mention, if you don't know, we do have the website up bluebrothersportscast.com. We have the website now and we have a new email. Got this set up finally. I mean, if you email the old one, we'll still get it. But, uh, if you are going to email us, email us now, just email us at the email address of contact us 
at bluebrothersportscast.com. That's our email. And then, of course, we have the phone number for the website, 551-258-3276. So that number is 551-BLUE-BRO, B-L-U-E-B-R-O. And actually, feel free to contact us anytime about any questions about Michigan football. I mean, if you guys want to talk about stuff, if you guys have topic ideas or whatnot, um, if you have questions... And actually, I'm going to put this out now. If anyone has a unique, interesting question that you would be interested, we don't really have a list of people we're going to be interviewing. But if you have something like, I've always wanted to know this with recruits, or I've always wanted to know with recruits coming in what they think about this, you can send us a question and we'll review anything that anybody sends to us, and we'll select, uh, if we get enough, we'll try to select one or maybe a couple, and we can include them in the questions that we um, ask during the interviews, and we'll label it as a fan question. Uh, so if you guys are interested in doing that, send us some stuff, and we'll review it and try to get that included. So that's kind of the uh, topic of the week, I guess, if you want to. Um, so, yeah. And, oh, also, never want to forget that you can always find us on Twitter at Blue Bros underscore in our names. So at B L U E B R O S underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And that will transition us into our other main topic for tonight, which has been a hot topic for a while, and that is the satellite camps. Man, this don't so, this never dies, does it? No, and actually right now for it it's a good, good thing, thing that it doesn't die yeah. because where the NCAA essentially put the position My word. it's a good thing that it doesn't die and it's a good thing that people My are word about. this is this is what a what a mess <laughs> yeah it, it it is and since when we when it first happened it was right before we did the last collaborative episode with Rashan and I think it was the same day. And so we were just kind of thrown into it and just like, oh, yeah. okay, this just happened. What are our thoughts? Then we did the interview. And so now we're re-talking about it because actually, hopefully this episode is coming out tomorrow, the 28th. Uh, hopefully it will come out uh, around noon. That's usually when we try to release things, new episodes. Because tomorrow is a big day with the satellite camps, if people don't know. So apparently, I've done. I've been able to do more research with this. This is what I found. I'm not. There was a lot of information, most of it consistent. Some of it with different names for different groups and everything. So, this is what I've seen. I'm not selling it as complete cold hard facts, but this is what have I have found in articles. Apparently, back in 2015, the NCA restructured some of the things for how they pass laws or rules or whatever you want to call it so there's actually um the nca oh man it, it was called several different names but it's like the nca committee that already met um that made the decision to ban it um is just one step in the process and so the next step is for it to actually go in front of a group that's called the board of governors which is supposedly made up of athletic directors and uh, some other people in the NCAA. And so they actually are kind of the, 
well, they're the next step, but they're kind of the deciding factor because even though when the ban was supposedly quote unquote passed before and it was effective immediately, that was essentially more or less a lie yeah. because it cannot be effective immediately until it goes through the board. Well, the of interesting thing, Caleb, is the very fact is the board of governors is primarily bun- bunch of school presidents and chancellors. But before the band was is being banned by a bunch of uh, athletic administrators, so there's a difference there. The count the council is is, is uh, primarily a bunch of athletic administrators, and the, the board that's going to happen tomorrow is all school presidents and chancellors, like you were talking about. So there is a difference between the two thinkings. Yes. So. Yes, and to mention for that, one thing that I do know that I've come across is that the actual um, lead for the Board of Governors is actually, to make things nice, warm and fuzzy, <laughs> um, he, he comes from the SEC. And so he's from the University of South Carolina. He's the president there, Harris Pastidis. Mm, okay. Um. I believe I said the name right. I tried figuring out how to say his name. Whatever. Uh, the University of South Carolina president. He is the uh, leader on the board. So that, of course, is great to hear that we get to have somebody from the SEC running with the NCAA. Yeah. And so, but the things that I have found are that <clears throat> with the meeting tomorrow, some of the options of what could happen is they could completely ignore the subject. If they do not talk about the satellite camps whatsoever, basically that's essentially them allowing it to go through. So if they do nothing, then it goes through. If they talk about it, they have a bunch of different options. They can either allow it to go through, they can discuss it, they can postpone it, they can completely like kind of cancel it, they can say we need more information. Right. So as long as it gets brought up, that is a step in the right direction. Yep. I honestly am it, – because, it, see, it's kind of tricky because um, some people from the first group of the NCAA meeting and everything are saying that they're expecting that it's probably going to be revisited. If they mean by revisited this meeting for tomorrow, that's completely – uh, misleading because it's not really revisited because it's a completely different group discussing it. But if they mean revisited, as in that group is going to bounce it back to the original deciders, right. um, then that kind of makes sense. So I am surprised at a little bit of the reaction. It's very good reaction. It's great to see this discussion. I can only see it being discussed even further, so I can't see that there's anything that's going to happen tomorrow that's going to actually make the ban uh, upheld and essentially effective immediately. How or what's going to happen, I really don't know, but I think it's going to work more in a positive direction. Yeah, I do too. I think um, I'm more on the side of this. It it might be similar to the... Wasn't there a ban on texting, what, four or five years ago? Oh. And they introduced it back, and they said, no, you can text all you want because you can't. What are you going to do? Fire coaches for texting students or athletes? Well, then how do you – the monitoring of that is – You can't do it. So what are you going to do? You know, the more and more you push it, and I think uh, that was one, obviously, Urban Meyer was part of. So 
Um, but, you know, obviously Urban Meyer was uh, it, uh, surprising to me was against this whole uh, satellite ban anyways. It, he thought it was ridiculous that we had to go through that, but uh, uh, which uh, I give him kudos for that, you know, obviously being a big rival of us. But uh, and he may, you know, he makes a good point. He's talking about you know, that means Mac schools can't make it can't see these students and it's not really fair to the students but like you said it's it's getting to a point to where you know i see it as the texting band is it going to be like that i don't know like you said caleb it really depends if it gets brought up which i really think it will then i think that's a good thing um so i expect something like you said i think they might regulate it there might be some regulations involved maybe this but it might be for some time yeah yeah and that's still where my mindset is of how they would effectively kind of control it but not shut it down um but kind of to go back and maybe i should have done this at the beginning just a little bit of review of kind of what happened or maybe more information than some people maybe got there were some confusing things that happened with the passing of this because there were two conferences that voted in favor of banning satellite camps that nobody really saw coming. Those two conferences were the Pac-12 and the Sun Belt. And there's a huge amount of drama around what happened with the Pac-12 because um, 11 conference conference athletic directors voted on the side of supporting satellite camps. And there was only one that was undecided, essentially, that decided not to Mm -hmm. vote. That one school being UCLA. So you have everyone's support and then one person who's undecided. And yet, the person, Dan Guerrero, who was sent to represent the Pac-12, voted in favor of banning the satellite <laughs> camps. And there has been a ton of drama around that. This isn't like a, so, this isn't like a jury trial. Like, you know, you have to have all 12 jurors uh, be agreement on everything. It, you yeah, know, and it's it, a hung but, jury. Is that how it works? It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, well, and they and people and it's come out specifically saying that he did not vote the way that he was supposed to vote, and then he was trying to explain it that oh well, it looked imminent that it was going to pass, so I voted for the way that it was going to pass, but in the way that would least negatively affect the Pac-12. What? Whatever I I did not go that deep into yeah. that one. I didn't go that deep down that rabbit hole. But then the other one, the Sun Belt Conference, which is interesting with them, <clears throat> because uh, as many people know, this mainly affects the ACC and the SEC because of the schools that they have in the South that are hotbeds for recruits um, coming up and playing really well in high school. So the Pac-12 not so much affected by, it, even though California is a big uh, school as well are a big area for recruits and everything, they don't get hit as bad, and so they they were expected to be supporting of it. The Sun Belt is one of those smaller conferences that was there to benefit from the satellite camps because they are able to go to these satellite camps and kind of get the leftovers mm, yeah. and see all these players that they normally wouldn't be able yep. to see. Not down not downgrading any of those players because a lot of those players can still get to the NFL and do a great job. But something that was brought up it was in, in an article, I cannot remember what article, and it's not saying that this was fact, but there was rumor that the SEC 
May rumor again I'm saying rumor because I'm gonna say this so many times because I'm not saying that this was uh, a fact or anything it was rumored that the SEC may have threatened the Sun Belt conference that they were going to cancel their games if they did not vote in support of banning satellite wow. camps I don't know if you heard that because yeah. they get they get a ton of money. Yeah. Um, the Sun Belt schools get a ton of money from playing SEC teams and other Power Five uh, conference teams by going there. Those schools, they go and they get whooped, but they get a ton of money yeah. from it. So it's really important to them. So it was rumored that the SEC threatened to cancel games with the Sun Belt if they did not vote you see, in favor you see of something like that coming teams. out later, like in a year or two. That that you know, obviously it's under the rug now, but you see it kind of. Usually, things over time, kind of tend yeah. to come out, not, leave a little bit more and more factual. Like usually, when that gets going, you know, you get a couple of those you know, U of M inside guys that kind of leak that, and then there a lot of them are are yeah. true, and you know, some of them are not, but uh, some of them are true. But I see that being leaked out, and then kind of growing legs. As you said, like by the time the years pass, that this that probably is true or it's not, we don't know. But do you see something like that happening, like maybe throughout the year? I could maybe see that happening. I I'm not sure. It's really kind of interesting, unique. I mean, people from what I was reading with and everything, people kind of thought it was silly of the Sun Belt to feel intimidated by that because. Honestly, the SEC would have only been hurting themselves because if they had canceled those games, then they would have been paying out millions more to schedule higher teams right. to come right. and play them. So essentially, the SEC appeared to be bluffing. Huh. But with all that information, I really hope more information comes out about it, especially if it's true. I mean, well, actually, just uncovering the truth of what really happened... I'm in favor for whether it is really that the SEC was being shaded about things or not. I mean, just truth in general is always nice, but we know that that can be a luxury because people can be such scumbags. But it will be interesting. I think there will be some things. I don't know if there'll be anything immediately. I mean, this already being brought up is kind of interesting to see. But, I mean, going back to uh, Guerrero then, it's just like, <laughs> is somebody checking the guy's bank account? <laughs> Is he like, right. I mean, because really, like, it, it's like that, the famous line and everything. Show me the money! There is some, there's something distinctly off with that. I mean, does this guy suddenly all of a sudden get like a week vacation in Florida right. or something? Well, you know, or, it is interesting, I, like I you said before, you said it, you go, it's very, like to me, suspicious that this ruling came down really fast. This wasn't thought about. It came down fast. The ban, it was banned yeah. quickly. It's almost like there was hardly any voting. It was just banned. I think everybody went, wait, yeah. it's banned already? Like that quickly. There wasn't a talk about it. There wasn't months of talking about it. It was banned. And that's why it's leading me to say, are these rumors you're talking about true? Like you get some inside money or you get inside guys saying, hey, we're going to cut you money or us playing you until you vote. And get this banned quickly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, that's so great about with us doing this podcast is we have ties to yeah. nothing. 
<laughs> no, nothing can be done. We can say whatever we want. We're not going to get fined. We're not going to get whatever. I mean, it's just like this is shady top yep. to bottom. Guerrero, did he hit a jackpot or something? Is somebody watching in the cow? This, this is just your entire conference is telling you to do one thing. Then somehow, somewhere down the line, you totally switch. Totally off. Sunbelt makes more sense with the threat of losing millions of dollars or the intimidation factor and everything. I can see that. It's just... And the very fact, as you but, said, that NCAA takes, and everybody knows this, and the NCAA takes forever to get a rule to change, to flip to something else. It doesn't take, uh, you know, sometimes it takes years. And this one came down yeah. within a couple of days, it seemed like. Yeah, well, then, too, on top of that, I heard that the understanding was that the whole uh, uh, concept of recruiting was going to be approached. Like, okay, satellite camps, recruiting, recruiting time, recruiting techniques. We're going to talk about this. We're going to that was the what some people were under the impression that this NZAA conversation was going to be about. Then all of a sudden it turned into strictly satellite. Right. That narrows it down so much and makes it so much easier for them just to come in and swing the axe and chop it down. Because the NCAA is, like, not really interested in the betterment of the student-athlete, which is so obvious from this whole thing. And so all you're seeing is dollar signs and money bags, and you're automatically changing your shift to the SEC, who's being a big crybaby about it. And... It just looks, and I'm not saying that it is, maybe some of it is, but it just looks like the SEC has the NCAA in their pocket, and we want this done. We'll get what needs to happen to get people talking about enough. So the ACC jumps in, the Sun Belt is kind of on board and everything, things ain't moving fast, and then some mysterious thing happens with the Pac-12, and it just all comes crashing down. Uh, Let me read this quote from uh, Tommy Tumberville, and he nailed it pretty quickly. He says, "I, I just can't imagine of all the rules in my 35 years of coaching football that this was even voted on because it doesn't make any sense for the players. This is not going to stay. This can't happen. Surely we've got more sense than this. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, and he goes, well, 35 years of coaching. The guy's been, he's a legend. Common Tomerville is a legend in coaching. And he goes, I cannot believe we're doing this. Because what he said, yeah. he's pretty much said it right there. It's all about, he said, all I hear is that it's about the student athlete. And it's all, it's about the student athlete. And he said that. It's, this is, all that this is about he goes i i expect i don't think this will hold up i think it'll be voted back in and i think it's it's going to be business as usual so yeah. <laughs> even he's like it's just not make any sense after <laughs> and i went he's absolutely right it's about the student athletes i mean i think they're starting to hear the voice and i think they're starting to hear the pressure from the student athletes not the coaches I think it's from them that they're starting to get the kickback that they're going to have to start revisiting yeah. this. So all I can say is kudos to you athletes. Jamarek Woods, you are one. You were on the show. You mentioned how it was unfair, and I agree with you. Uh, people's Jones. Yep. Yep, all those people. Jones, who hasn't even committed to Michigan whatsoever, he he, he came out and said it. Some um, actual Michigan players who've even – who are currently playing, who don't even talk on Twitter, 
came out and chimed in on this. And you know what? This goes to tell you, man, you guys have a voice. You guys know what's best for yourselves and your future. Keep on, you know, keep on fighting and keep on um, getting your voice out there. And obviously the NBA is listening. Thank you. I mean, or somebody's listening. Yeah. Well, that's great to see, too. Like, we were talking about the betterment for the student-athletes. Great to see student-athletes because, I mean, Jamark doesn't didn't need to really say anything, doesn't really need to do anything. He's already kind of passed that satellite camp influence on what he can do uh, for the most part and everything. And so it's just like, but it's great to see those student-athletes take interest in what can help the other yeah. student-athletes. Because they know some other student-athletes that could benefit from it, or they understand that even though they've been through it, there are those coming behind them. So that was really cool to see. To kind of dive into this a little bit more or give a little bit more information, uh, I know that a lot of people know, and we talked about a little bit, where these satellite camps happen. Coaches come in. They set them up. Coaches in the area come, out of area, whatever. It gives a lot of athletes the opportunity to be in front of other coaches see them, understand them, interaction, and then, uh, like we said, the lower conferences will be there too, and they can kind of pick up some of the other players that are there as well. So if some of these kids come, and I've heard this talked about a lot too, where some athletes just don't understand where they fall. It's like, okay, am I a Division One? Am I a yep. Power 5 conference Division One player? Yep. Um, I don't know that. So they go to a satellite camp, and they get to be exposed to those coaches, those programs. But then also there are all these other coaches and programs. Yep. So it's just like you go away from the satellite camp, you don't get a good impression from the Power 5 conferences. It's okay. Here's the MAC. Here's the Mountain West. Here's all these other guys who saw you. Now you have the opportunity to get these other scholarships. Yep. Well, you take the MAC, the MAC in itself, schools. Well, there's six of them in Ohio in themselves. Well, not Ohio State can can only give so many offers out. Well, what do you do when you get the athletes yeah. there? They say, "Hey, you know what? I want to go to you know these camps." And you know what? And you get a they say, "Hey, I'm Bowling Green comes in and says, "Hey, I really like this guy. I saw him at this at these satellite camps. I'd like him to come and play for a school, and he wants to." Or you get Toledo or somebody like that, and they do. And it's at least they were able to see them. These kids can't afford to drive the fifteen to twenty or to twenty schools throughout the year. They don't get, just can't afford it. They can't yeah. do it. And so you get these satellite camps. Yeah. They're all there. The Mac schools are there. They're able to see them, and the, and they can be evaluated and go one air, go to one area. Make it all. Yeah. Well. The- here, here's something else that I wanted to uh, bring up because I came across it. Um, there is a um, 501c3 nonprofit that someone started, uh, may say the first name incorrectly, Alema Teo, and is specifically with the purpose of creating opportunities for Polynesian players or players from Pacific Islands to get yeah. the opportunity to come to the uh, continent U.S., you know, over the sea to be exposed to possibly get scholarships and things like that. And so satellite camps is how they were able to do that. But now, with these rules, what would happen, essentially, before they could have a satellite camp, and I believe I could be wrong, but I think they had it in the California area, obviously, because it's so close to the Polynesian 
uh, out there. But anyways, they had it over there, so they could have they could ha have anyone from the East Coast, Central United States, any coaches from anywhere could go there, and they could expose those players uh, to those systems, to those programs, to those coaches. Now, with the rules, what it would be is if they came over to a camp, the only people at that camp would be directly schools in that area. So it would be like you would see UCLA, USC, and yeah. a few other places within a radius right there. That's all the exposure that you would see. So you would not get the opportunity to see anyone else. You would miss out on the chance of getting other scholarships. And that, for them, yeah. is extremely difficult because you're talking about thousands of dollars just to get to one camp. Yep. So that makes it really difficult. And so he actually went on to say uh, what Teo said about um, the whole thing because he actually went through and he's been doing this. I can't remember exactly how many years it's been, but he um, barred against his house four times to keep the camp running. And um, like I said, it's 501c3. And he said uh, things like this is some of the biggest challenges that they've come across. But quoting him, he said, you've got to give us a heads up instead of giving everyone the death penalty. And so, yeah, yep. for, I mean, you think about some of these other satellite camps, it's like, oh, you know, okay, it happened. This is an even more difficult situation to put people into right. now. These opportunities that these people thought they had, these student athletes, and now it's just gone. So it's just like I'm, I, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah know you're doing. That. You're just taking the, these athletes to find a central location where they can pick and choose some of the schools that aren't in that regional area that they're going to say, "Hey, we got a, you know a, a team from Oregon here. We got a Michigan team. We got a." Uh, Florida team. We've got a central team in the Tennessee area here. We got all these schools all in this one satellite camp that I can go and check out, and they can check me out. And now you're not even doing that because, like you said, they're all like, let's say they all went to California. Right? Well, you're what you're going to choose between somebody in California. Well, what if they don't want to go there? See, they're trying to make this isn't about them. This is about the student athletes. If they get it through their thick skull, it's not about them. It's about the best place to send these student athletes in the best school to play. And they're yeah, coming down absolutely. To and it's like they're almost deciding for them, the, the athletes that can't decide for themselves. And it's it's an outrage. Yeah. Well, um, something else even to, to mention and everything, and I'm kind of going back in the conversation because I specifically remember this because I didn't get to elaborate on it when we actually had the episode back with Rashawn when we first discussed this. Um, it was Hugh, Fe uh, Hugh Freeze, wasn't yep. it, who said something about how much yeah, time it mess, took? Yeah. Okay. I had said I understand somebody's argument when they say that they want family time. I'm a very family-oriented yep. person. I, I, I want to have time with my family. I didn't get to finish that thought, and my full thought on that was I understand somebody having that in the – conversation there's no justification whatsoever for that argument that topic to bring up bring across a ban of satellite <laughs> no. camps that can be a factor i can understand that tiny bit being a factor in maybe limiting the number of satellite right. camps to not 
be free for all and some astronomical crazy numbers. That is the only small, tiny understanding. My understanding was I can see someone having that in a conversation for it to be a legitimate element of an argument against this. It's just like, dude, you have to make your own decisions. If another coach is able to, or do whatever, then that's what they're able to do. And whatnot. you don't have to go to every satellite camp. So with that being said, though, I also wanted to mention that he was talking about his time and he's getting paid millions of dollars and astronomical, just crazy. The thing then that he is screwing over because he is now making things worse for other people are teams such as Mac schools who, and this is another article thing that I looked at and I believe that it was uh, Toledo and Bowling Green State and things like that where it's just like they had those opportunities where recruiting was made easier for them because of satellite camps. Because, like I said, they would go and they would kind of get the leftovers. Now, Hugh Freeze, talking about his time with his family and everything, he's just like, he is ruining it for these smaller schools who make less money and who have less um, amenities, uh, less resources to use. He is... This decision is screwing it for them because even in these articles that I saw, these Mac schools, and they say that, uh, and they say it, they have to now become super recruiters because of the the ease of access that they had before is now being taken away from them. So now they have to up up the work that they do, up the time they commit to it, up up their entire game for recruiting now. Yeah. Because other people have taken this resource away from them. So this coach who has all these luxuries, who's making all this money, talking about family time, fine. Do family time however you want to. But you are now taking this and screwing over these other coaches. We've already talked about the student-athletes. Now we're talking about other coaches where this completely screws Yeah, don't you take away family time from the student-athletes that are have to go all over the country and travel to 15 to 20 uh, places to find a school that might take them. I mean, that's 15 to instead yeah. of three, three, four areas that they could go. That's taking over family time. Yeah. See, the thing is, is it, it, what it comes down to is, is when you're saying it, it, it's your character. Freeze is saying it when he could have said it with a compromise. He could have said, hey, family time is really important to me, whatever. Why don't we come to a compromise? Like, hey, you know what? Maybe there shouldn't be any. And then I could understand his point of view. But when he said, well, we just need to ban it. Not, I want to say to Hugh, nice try. Way to use your family as a nice little scapegoat to get it banned. You, you know, I don't believe yeah. that for a second that you believe it's family time at all. I wanted to get that in there and everything because some of the things I read more and everything, it's just these coaches go through a lot, I know. And they put a ton of time commitment in, Division One, Division Two. uh Power five, non power five, and everything. But you know, these power five, especially SEC schools, Big Ten schools, the big name schools, they're getting a lot of money. Go online, oh, yeah. you can find it, you can see it. You can make decisions where you don't have to go. I've already touched, I've, I'm repeating myself. I'm repeating myself. You don't have to go to every satellite camp. Send a different coach. You have time to be with your family. Don't worry about it. You're not getting screwed. You're screwing over other places. You're ruining money. You're ruining time. These athletes, just like you mentioned, you're ruining it then for student athletes because of the extra time that they have to do about missing opportunities for them and or the more money that they have to spend and the difficulty that you're causing yep. for them. Yeah. I mean, end of story, and that's the way it is. And I think the very fact is, thank 
I'm glad the studio athletes and the ones that are out there that uh, like Woods was able to say things and they got their voice out and I think it's making a difference and you know congrats to that I think it's starting to move them that your voice millions of people are talking about it millions of student athletes who I haven't even picked a school are now ticked off and pissed off about it and I'm very happy to see that so that's a, it's about them I mean this is about their choice I mean it really is it's not about the coaches about them yeah, well, it's just, it's so infuriating because you just see it because the SEC, and not saying all coaches included, but the SEC is showing that they're more interested in their productive productivity, their football, than the student-athletes. That goes for the NCAA, too. That blows my mind that this student-athlete, this program, this organization interested and vested in the betterment and the opportunities for student-athletes blatantly goes and does something to destroy opportunity for student athletes lose my mind but they it just is almost kind of like the example and i will say this where the sec is like the boss that you go to work for that is only interested in the product that is being put out but then you go to other conferences where those schools those conferences are interested in the employee over the product because they understand that if you invest in the employee, the product will only get better. But the SEC doesn't give two rips about the players, athletes. They are just more interested in the product that they have because they know that they have those employees slash athletes. It's ridiculous. This is stupid. Why does, why do other people don't, Oh, don't see this. I don't know. Uh, and they're and then they're worried. And then you're worried about the other employer who doesn't even work for them coming in and sweeping in and taking their guy, <laughs> their best employee, which is Jim Harbaugh. They're cutting the head off the snake, and that's exactly what they did. They're like, "Well, we got to stop Jim Harbaugh." I mean, that's why. I mean, that's yeah. a big reason too. Well, There's a big factor there. Yeah. Well. um Oh, man, I didn't write it down. But, okay, SEC, congratulations. You have the NCAA on your side. You've got, like, the ACC in your pocket. You've got the NCAA in your pocket. You apparently have put that sun belt in your pocket. You've been crying about it, but you got what you wanted to where you are now. But Jim Harbaugh is above and beyond, and he has friends in the government (laughs) who are investigating and looking into things with the satellite All right, well, there you go. This is kind of wrapping up the episode then. Uh, Great being able to review things about our conversation with Jamarck Woods, like we mentioned. Hopefully more interviews to come. Uh, Great conversation about satellite camps. Uh, Craig, another good episode in the books. Yep, it was good. We were very informative. Yeah, and so, again, we want to let you know, uh, our listeners, our fans, that our lines of communication are always open. If you guys have a topic that you want us to discuss, if you have uh, any comments, if you want to uh, have any questions for possible uh, interviews coming up, please let us know and we will go through them and talk about them. But to help uh, talk uh, and promote and let everyone know exactly where you can find us all, again, uh, website, bluebrothersportscast.com. Uh, email really easy now contact us at bluebrothersportscast.com twitter as always we're on there a lot 
at Blue Bros underscore and our name. So at Blue Bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And of course, the voicemail line, if you want to call us, you can call us at 551 258 3276. That is 551 Blue Bro. Yeah, great. Uh, it's a little later in the week. Hoping to get this out uh, on time for you guys all to listen, and we uh, appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, we do, and uh, thank you to all the fans and the people that listened to the last one. We appreciate it and pushing us to the quickest over a hundred. It's been good, and yep. we're looking forward to more. So uh, we hope you all have a great week, and as always, go blue, go blue. <laughs> <laughs>